Good morning, Zenat. Buenos dias, Darren. ¿Cómo estás? Ciao, Zenat. <laughs> Ciao. Oh, you're saying goodbye already then? <laughs> oh, uh, you can not, say hello. Ciao. Uh, no, it's the hello uh, yes, version of that. Ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Yes. Yeah, hola. I, I was intending to learn Italian, but uh, I'm going to have to shelve that for a bit because um, uh, we, <laughs> we've got Aladdin coming up, pantomime in December. I know. Yeah. I'm. I'm a significant part, and it'd be nice to be a significant part who can remember her lines. Do you know what? Everybody's been uh, actually going, it's going to be amazing. But how do we remember our lines? Oh my God, I'm worried about my lines. I'm worried about my lines. I think we're all going to be in the same boat, apart from Trevor and Mercedes. Yes. And Emma. The, yeah. Because Emma's got the script. She's the narrator. Lucky thing. Oh, maybe I should be narrator. And anyway, never mind. Anyway. Maybe power struggle at the heart of uh, Aladdin coming up. It will be. Well, we'll come back to Aladdin in mm. a minute because that's some of the buzzes that we want to talk about. But uh, you're Darren Wheel of? In June PR. And I'm Zenat Narani uh, of, of Mindset and Wellbeing. Yes, doing even. <laughs> doing yes. Mindset and Wellbeing providing. coaching, providing those services. And um, you can find us uh, on a replay buzzing on Channel Radio 2. From 10.30 a.m. Indeed, every Monday. Every Monday. Yes, and thank you, as usual, to our sponsors, Ian Wood Property and Terra Firma Landscapes, who help the rise and rise of the Bromley buzz. I presume the the rise of a buzz consists of something like... Yes, Mm. absolutely. So, yeah, no, thank you very much to them for their sponsorship. So it really, really does support us a lot in buzzing more, even more. Well, you said that we're going to do something in in general in a bit. This this is a bit of a special episode. You, know, you, ha- you have to even think about whether you want to do an affirmation, and ha- if you do, whether you can link it to the main topic of the well, day. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'd like to do my affirmation because it's um, I think it's part of the. I actually ritual, I, I, can I? I can I throw in a little affirmation of my own if I invent one at the time? Of course you can. I have an idea. You can invent yours. All right, I'll do Absolutely. that later. But anyway, in the meantime, this is, as promised, a return to a theme from the last episode, uh, because we had a clip from the Orpington Fire Station Open Day, where you interviewed a number of people, mm-hmm. uh, and we want to cover that event and the fire service and in those interviews in one go. Yeah, because last um, episode you just put a, a simple short clip of uh, Jerome, who is a firefighter actually based in Lewisham but he focuses on BSL supporting the deaf community and getting fire safety within that that so that was the last one but this episode's focused on all of them. You know what I forgot to mention last time Uh, it's actually what the acronym stands for British Sign Language yes to the to to those who are uninitiated Um, what's the name of that um, uh, lady who won Strictly Come Dancing who was deaf Absolutely lovely lady, EastEnders actress. Oh my goodness! Actor, even. Yes, I can see her face. Yeah, me too. Rose. 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 I can't remember her surname, but Rose will do me for the moment. Yes, from EastEnders, wasn't she? Yes. She was there. Oh my god, that dance! Mm. It just gave me goosebumps. Well, I'm glad that there are people reaching out to people like her and keeping them safe. Um, 
Nevertheless, because I'd like to do novelty, um, we'll have that interview last, provided I remember to put it in. <coughs> who are we going to go with first, Z? I think we need to go off with Andy and Stuart, who are the two main um, head people at the London Fire Brigade in Elkington. It was an absolute pleasure speaking with both of them. And so, yeah, let's hear from them. I'm here with Andy, who is the... Station officer here on the White Watch. And Stuart. Yeah, I'm the station commander, Orpington Fire Station. Fantastic. So tell us about what's this open day about, what's it towards, just fill us in, because I have an insight that you do it kind of on a rotational base with all the different fire stations in the borough, and it hasn't been done since 2017, plus we've had COVID. Sure, so. yeah. Yeah, so obviously this 2017 was the last station open day. Um, I think that was held possibly here, was it, or at Bromley. Covid got in the way of future ones, but uh, obviously today we're happy to welcome the community at Orpington back in to the station and hopefully, yeah, put on a good day for everyone, get some fire safety advice across and, uh, yeah, and just have a good day for the children, hopefully. Brilliant. I mean, it's really buzzing here. Um, you know, it's really early still. You started about 11 o'clock, was it? Started at 11 o'clock, so that's a little bit scary, I've got to be honest. <laughs> And uh, we're still waiting for an ice cream van to turn up, so Are hopefully... Are you going to have some talks as well going on? We, yeah, so we've got lots of stalls and stands. There's uh, members of London Fire Brigade from our fire safety department, uh, our cadets, our control, uh, people that work at our control office. So there's lots of people here who answer questions and what goes on in the different departments within the London Fire Brigade. I think the really important message um, with this community event is a slight shift in our focus with home fire safety visits and we're really encouraging people to go online and use the QR code to find out whether they're eligible for a home fire safety visit or whether they need to check and service their own smoke alarm because um, what we're trying to do in the area and London in particular is target those that are most vulnerable and there's a shift away um, from us being able to deliver uh, the, the home fire safety visit to everyone. Um, but by going on the website, people can check whether they're eligible for us to visit or whether it's something that they can do themselves um, so that we can focus all our attention on the people that need us most, people that are perhaps hoarding, elderly people, vulnerable people, people living on their own. Um, that's really our primary focus today. And we've got lots of posters around the station um, with the QR code checker so people can check and really to try and keep people in our community safety targeting those most at risk. Was there something that brought this initiative about uh, um, specifically you know to have this QR code to see if you're eligible? Yes well I mean I think we we're under no um, you know we're, we're inspected like many businesses and I think uh, HMI inspected us and they uh, wanted us to improve the way that we target the risk and those most vulnerable and that's that's by encouraging people to use the QR checker but still making sure that everybody checks make sure you've got a working smoke alarm check it on a regular basis once a month and also use the London Fire Brigade website for information for homeowners and business owners you know it's interesting you say that because um 
even for people who buy new homes, they don't know. And I'm going to be speaking, uh, you know, in terms of my sister who recently got divorced, so she's had to buy her own house. And, put, and I was there a few weeks ago, and uh, the fire alarm went off. And there's me going, okay, let's you know take this off. Maybe it's the battery. It's all these things, and it just went on and on and on and on. Eventually, we got the, uh, the fire brigade to come round and sort it out. But she had no idea as to where anything was. I said, well, where's the paperwork? You know, when you bought it from the people. Have you had it checked? Uh, no idea of that, and it's so important, isn't it? It's, it's critical, and I think... And especially for uh, kids in the house as well. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone should have a fire safety plan. Everyone should be aware of, of the quickest and easiest ways out of the house and what to do in the event of a fire. And we've got an excellent London Fire Brigade website that's got a wealth of information. Um, and if you're ever unsure, there's also contact emails there where you can uh, direct those to specific people in the organisation. And of course, your local fire station, by all means, pop in. We're looking to have our doors yeah. open. Yeah, Come in, knock on the door. Book a visit online. The watch on duty will be able to point in the right direction or help you. And um, do you um, talk about and uh, inform people about the kind of extinguishers they're supposed to have in their homes as well? Because that can be a bit of a. That's an interesting model. one. I mean, I, that, I wouldn't <laughs> even go down there because it's not necessarily a requirement to have one in your home. Okay. And, and what about buildings? Well, same with that. Oh, I really? mean, yeah, depending on travel distances, and we can go down a massive, big rabbit hole here. Okay, well, we're not going to go yeah. down there because, because this is about the moment you have them, then you have to have people that are trained how to use them. Absolutely. You have to have them maintained in the right location. Uh, okay. So it's, and that's why I, I, I direct people to the specialists within the London Fire Brigade. Our fire safety team, are an excellent team that can give business and homeowners excellent information and more accurate because there's there's a it's variety of reasons yeah. about whether you should have something and where it should be located and how yeah, it's tested all of that, yeah, and i'll be opening cow of worms just to <laughs> talking to the microphone uh, so let's switch it around what is the most exciting thing that your job gives you what are you really passionate about and you know it's kind of i suppose it goes down to why you the variety i think is, is, for, is for me um being outside um, dealing with different people and different incidents and not really ever knowing um, what's, what my day is going to bring me in terms of that station with the personnel but also incidents and operationally. You just wake up and you don't really know how the day is going to unfold. Yeah. So it's kind of the excitement of variety I think. And how long have you been here? Uh, 26 years. At Orpington? Oh. Or is that 26 years? Oh, in your 26 years in the London Fire Brigade. Wow. Um, at Orpington I served as a watch officer like Andy, um, but as a station commander I've been back about a year or two. Lovely. Good. Yeah, I've been serving here about seven, eight years at Orpington and been in London Fire Brigade around 23 years now. So. Yeah, and what makes you get up in the morning then? Just, just as, as uh, Stuart mentioned, the variety, not knowing what challenges you're going to face on a daily or on an evening basis and just, you know, just the different people you meet from, from all walks of life as well. You go back, you fit the smoke alarms, do the home fire safety visits, and you don't know who you're going to meet. We've met some really interesting people. Last, last week we went out, we were speaking to an elderly lady in Biggin Hill area who went through the World War II, and she had some great stories, and you just meet some really interesting, lovely people. So. Towards the, a fire charity or anything specific? Or how, what, where's this funding? Yeah, so, so it's all uh, it's, it's all free for the vendors today. 
But what, what we what we kind of ask is that at the end they perhaps make a donation to the firefighters charity where firefighters can go for rehabilitation, for physical injuries and for mental health type injuries and, and all the proceeds go towards supporting that, that charity really. Wonderful. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question and of course you know uh, you can answer or you can say yeah I don't want to answer but I work in the mental health and wellbeing field so I'm a mindset and wellbeing coach apart from podcasting here um, and mental health is massively important to me. How do you see the improvements of mental health now since I suppose before Covid, after Covid or has there been a shift or not? I think I think it's really interesting question it's it's a massive focus for us since um well some of the incidents we've had and also uh covid we've got uh numerous mental health first aiders that are trained up on all across all watches um that are able to support individuals that are going through either uh, financial or relationship difficulties all sorts of uh things have been uncovered exacerbated by covid um and we've got quite a quite an extensive program in the London Fire Brigade for training up people that are able to identify and uh, act as a, a first point of call to support people but there's also numerous other departments in fact in the Fire Brigade now uh, there's a whole department that's been created for support and welfare for staff there's uh, mental health um, first aiders we've got the walk and talk which is also aimed at um, people's mental health and well-being we've got uh, women's firefighter uh, support um, neurodiversity is like a massive area that's a, a sort of I'll say a growth industry for us but do you find that a lot of uh, firefighters take up these opportunities and are reaching out to them? sometimes that's the fear isn't it behind it that they don't want to actually own up and say um, you know, I need a bit of help or support, you know, there's a lot of stigmas and taboos around that. Because uh, I was speaking to a, a gentleman at the Bromley Fire Station and they've got like a mindfulness walk that they do as well. Yeah. Leaving this garden, I mean, yeah. although it's a PFI station and we weren't allowed to necessarily do exactly what we want, we still had a go at creating an area yeah, where people exactly. can sit. Um, you know, we've got a water feature and some plants and we've got people on, on across watches that are interested in this kind of thing so you know we're just trying to create areas where people can go out sit talk talk things through from difficult incidents or difficult things that are going on outside um, in their personal lives and just trying to make it make these things less taboo and people are able to know who to talk to and how to open up because we are uh, I mean I've always been somebody that bottles things up and it's not always healthy and um, so hopefully the environment now is more yeah. open and understanding of people. There's more talk about it now, isn't there? Definitely, yeah. Uh, people feel that they can open up and talk about their, their problems and whether it be work or personal life and uh, it just seems like yeah, more people now are more prepared to come forward and, and hold their hands up and say actually yeah, I need some help or yeah, where, yeah, where do I go amazing. from here? And you know what, and I think it's really important as well as a community and to talk about this you know what you guys go through the pressures that you're under so as a community we can support you as well because i think that's really important yeah i think um because you I, do an amazing job absolutely amazing job yeah i think some of the things that you do see throughout your career uh, does have an impact so 
to bottle it up it's not healthy and, and to get talking and but also in a, in a more structured way rather than just around the mess table because there are some people that you know don't necessarily open yeah. up in that way so Fantastic. it's learning that everyone's different everyone's got strengths everyone's got weaknesses you know and yeah utilizing everyone's strengths and weaknesses and just being open and um yeah yeah great uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about today well, we'd like to we'd like to thank everyone that's come today from the community, and also some of uh, we've had some help from Tesco's and Sainsbury's um, from their community support officers that have kindly gifted a few things to help the event go smoothly. But really, it's just making sure everyone checks their smoke alarms, has a sensible escape plan in the event of a fire, and if there are any doubts about the fire safety of your home or business, then please log on to the London Fire website get some information or call at your local fire station where firefighters will happily point in the right direction. Super. Well, thank you very much, Andy and Stuart. It's been thank an absolute you. pleasure. I'm going to walk around and to see what, what else is buzzing around here. This is absolutely wonderful. Great. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So there we have it. Um, a lot of background noise, which will tell you that uh, it was absolutely buzzing there and heaving. The people were just rolling in, as I mentioned last episode. It was such a great atmosphere there. Well, Incredible. I did. I did actually pop in oh, late, later, later in the afternoon. And it was kind of nice because I didn't have to take the microphone with me and think about interviewing anyone. And it would have been a bit of a professional challenge, given all the hubbub. Because uh, there were loads of kids, loads of parents, uh, a, a queue to get up in the fire engine. Yeah. Uh, it looked like the person that did was sitting the in there was really the happy and didn't want to get out uh, again. For the fire extinguisher. The, the yeah, I did the hose. The hose. I, did I didn't have it on very high pressure. And when you were talking about <laughs> it, uh, I thought, oh, I wonder if this is sort of quite a high pressure no, thing. No, but no, 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 it was uh, tuned down a bit. Poor sadly, kids would be flying, holding on to it. I know some of the parents would probably laugh though, which <laughs> wouldn't put them in the best of lights. No, it was good, wasn't it? There it was, was a very lots good event. going on, yeah. and everything. Um, all the stores and stands that were there on that day, they. Um, all the money that was raised went to the London Fire Brigade. It was um, donated towards them. Which was and you think to yourself, hang on a minute, this is a public institution, why does it need money? Uh, mm. Well, it's no secret that a lot of public institutions are underfunded, and so wherever that ends up is going to do some good. Can I just mention, because that's one of um, also one of the main things, mm. and Stuart and Andy mention it, um, I'm sure you've just heard on the in, in the interview, that uh, if you go onto their website, you can see if you're eligible uh, for a safety evaluation in your home, because what they're trying to do is provide in, uh, a service to the vulnerable and people who can't afford and doing the whole safety fire check within your home. So please do go onto their website and check uh, the form, fill it out and see if you're eligible for a free uh, fire checkup. Yeah, well, Safety. if there is one thing that I can think of which underlines the need for fire safety, uh, it's Grenfell, the cladding thing. Mm. You know, that the, on the one hand, obviously, you had cladding which wasn't fit for purpose, but on the other hand, you had a domestic fire which started mm. and that kicked it all off. Um, no fire, no worse fire. Mm. Uh, so be safe people and yes, who, who do we have next do you think we've got let's put it all oh, let's put in Anton and Simba the uh, Spaniel so they in fire investigators they are 
He was so adorable. All the kids were just crowding round Simba and he was just so beautiful and relaxed. And that just shows you need a relaxed spaniel, not jumping up and down, bopping around, uh, investigating. <laughs> <laughs> very, very calm. So yeah, let's hear from them. Well, this is Simba. He's an English Springer Spaniel and he's one of two of our fire investigation search dogs. Oh, my friend's going to love that. She's got two Springer Spaniels herself. Oh, goodness me. Yes. <laughs> That's a handful. <laughs> they are lovely dogs, but full of energy. Um, and they are trained to help us investigate whether the fire was set deliberately or not. They search for accelerants, things like petrol or diesel, something that some may have used to deliberately start a fire. And so how do you train them? Is it like through sniffing? Uh, it's like sniffer dogs, what they do for like yeah. other stuff like drugs and... Yeah, so he's a search dog. He's like any other search dog. It's just what we ask them to search for. And it's all based around a tennis ball. They work for their tennis ball. So they have to be ball obsessed. Simba definitely is. Um, <laughs> and he'll do anything for that tennis ball, uh, including searching. But he loves searching as well. That's why we use them. Because, um, yeah, he he's only gets upset when the day's over and he stops work because he, he loves his job. I've been working with Simba for uh, nearly six years now. Okay. Yeah, I've been working as an investigator for nine years, but I've had Simba for six. So do you, are you assigned to just one dog? Or, yes, yeah. okay. one handler, one dog. We have one two hand. dogs. Uh, our other dog, Smokey, is a black cocker spaniel. And, and this is, yeah, and we have Simba as well. Amazing. And um, yeah, you've got him here to the open day, which I can see Simba is getting a lot of love and attention. Yeah, you can see he works very well. He loves... They're very affectionate Springers and he loves children, so yeah, he's uh, more than happy to get all the attention. <laughs> well, my friend can't say that for one of her Springers. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't like other dogs, doesn't like children, but this one oh dear. amazing. Yeah. But um, her name's Ellie and is absolutely gorgeous and she's actually doing a muddy dog challenge. Oh right. Oh yeah, dogs. Muddy, muddy dogs, yeah, that's another another issue with Springers, they yeah. They mud, don't yeah. they? Oh yeah. And digging. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Anton, for uh, speaking to us and... Um, Thank you. Well, that was one of the more photogenic guests we've ever had on. By the way, I'm having not heard the the thing myself yet. Did uh, Simba make any noises to uh, no, Paddy No, no, he didn't, unfortunately. I wonder if we can uh, meet up again and maybe get a bark out of Simba. Absolutely. Welcome to the Bromley Bark. That'd be great. Do you know what? Actually, I saw on uh, Instagram that there was another spaniel investigating uh, dog, fire investigator dog, in the Twickenham branch it mm. was in Twickenham and stuff so that each branch has their own dog and one firefighter or investigator is assigned to one dog only they don't have a range of dogs and they build that relationship between them aren't dogs great they are well, so I seem to remember when I went up to the O2 to see something a while ago well no actually it might have been when we went to Wembley and saw Bromley Football Club win in the FA Vars, was it? Uh -huh. Or Shield, whichever. Um, but anyway, we watched them play, and uh, I met an explosive sniffing dog outside. It was very distracting having lots of people want to come up and stroke you while you were at work. <laughs> I've never had that. When I was in the civil service, nobody came and stroked me. I got stroked quite a lot when I was in Dubai. Was that the um, figure skating, though? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The one at the leisure centre, because obviously you'd be wearing your little skating little skirts and mm. things, and you you wear your tights and your legs are showing and um, plus you'd get um, 
the Arabic ladies when you're in the bathroom or in the changing rooms coming up looking at you and then coming up and stroking your legs because obviously mm. they're covered from head to toe. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so I used to get stroked then. You know, <laughs> That's I, really odd. weirdly, I can connect with that because it reminds me when I dressed up as Frank and Furter for the Rocky Horror you Show. You got stroked a lot. Oh, no, I didn't get <laughs> stroked at all. No, 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 not that far. But I did get the, a bunch of women saying, you look really good and, uh, oh, I wish I could get into heels again and stuff like that. So it's amazing what the novelty factor can do. You really did stroke yourself. <clears throat> yourself, your stuff, sorry. Your stuff. It was great. That uh, was a great to, to keep this on the level, the nearest I got to being stroked was when I had makeup brushes on, on my face, thanks to uh, Cheryl, the makeup artist. Yes, Cheryl mm. Yes, indeed. Anyway, um, <clears throat> who should we stroke into the show next from the Fire Brigade? Helen. Mm. And Helen works in the control department. It's where all the co um, calls come in. So, yeah, let's listen to a little bit about her job role. My, uh, my role is a control room officer, so uh, although we have similar ranks to the firefighters, we're not the same. So we are non-operational uh, and we are based in the control room up at Merton. So in terms of open days, I do as many as I can, mainly in the southeast because I live in the southeast. Um, we've got 103 fire stations in total and I can't get to all of them throughout the year. There's just not enough weeks. There's only one of you, right? There's only one of me. I have got a little team, um, but it depends if I'm on duty, uh, who's on duty. So we support as many as we can, but uh, particularly in the southeast. So we come out, uh, particularly throughout the summer, um, we just bring down lots of stuff about what we do in the control room, how to make a 999 call, uh, what happens when you make a 999 call, and actually just take that awkwardness out of just introducing ourselves uh, and showing people that we're real people and that we can help them, uh, what they need, to, information they need to give us, that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's what we do. We just promote our work, um, uh, particularly with the children. And that's, that's really fantastic. In terms um, in the community and educating the young people who may want to follow your career line, uh, how easy or what are the channels that they need to do in order to get to that point? Yeah, so London Fire Brigade has got a really, really good website. Um, it's completely up to date and all the jobs that are advertised will always be on there. So anybody that's looking to go into control uh, to become a firefighter or part of our fire rescue service support staff, uh, there are loads of jobs. So that might be a community engagement team, fire investigation. It might. We've got loads of different roles within the brigade. Um, so the website is always the best place because you get the most up-to-date information. Generally, the control room recruits twice a year, so roughly every six months, uh, and the post will be, as I say, advertised. The requirements are pretty basic. Um, there'll be some specific questions that are geared around the role that you're going to be doing. Uh, all the information that you will need about your salary, uh, about the hours that you do, the work you undertake, the kind of skills that you might need, um, the attributes you might need to do the role, that's all on there. Um, you go through some tests, so typing tests. There's something called Simucall, where it simulates an emergency call on a very, very basic level, um, because obviously you're not trained when you when you join or when you're you're trying to be um, going for the recruitment. So it just gives you a really rough idea of what we do uh, and whether or not you'll enjoy it. There's an interview stage, uh, and the initial application is is generally uh, a simple CV. Uh, you don't get too caught up in having to have a, a, a really in-depth CV um, because you just need to get over that you've got the skills that we need for the role so great sounds really really exciting and as you said go to the website and have a look at that one last question 
what do you love about your job the most? Okay, so I do love uh, coming out to open days. I do as many community events as I can. I like meeting people. I love talking to the children about fire safety and kind of inspiring a new generation. But I, I particularly love my role within the control room. So um, just helping people every day, being able to share my knowledge with them, uh, keeping people safe, you know. One of the questions I get asked a lot is, it must be really stressful. Is it really stressful? Uh, it can be from time to time, but uh, I think my personality suits the role, and I'm not. I don't find it that stressful uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, and I'm able to help people because because that's how I am. And most people that do the role are like that. So I just, I, yeah, I love speaking to people. I love chatting. And when we get uh, busy days, uh, last summer when we were very, very busy with the heat waves. Uh, we all thrive on that because that's just what we're there for. I'll take a wild guess here, but I suspect that Helen would never have expected to come in off the back of a discussion of Rocky Horror shows and stroking and Frankenfurter. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> but, you know, talking to her as well, it was really lovely to get an insight of, you know, her passion around it, why she got into the job and um, how every day is a different day. You know, there's one control base and it kind of all goes out to different aspects. So really, really interesting. And I think it's the very first time I really got to understand, talking to all of them, about the role of what the London Fire Brigade is all about. Because lots of people just think, and you'll hear it in, I think I might have mentioned it in Jerome's interview, they're not just firefighters that go out and put out a fire. There is so much more to them and they do so much for the community it is incredible and I, I truly believe that we need to recognise and appreciate what they do. Well, one of the things I see on social media every so often is when a fire brigade person has released children from drains and things and also cats and dogs uh, and, and even actually sometimes wild animals as well mm. and horses that have gone into sort of swampy water and Waters, are up to yeah, next in it. They do so much, it's incredible. And you know, speaking of that, you know, let's listen from Lucy and Lucy. They were both Lucy, so we had Lucy the instructor, mm -hmm. and then Lucy the lead cadet. And the cadet is completely free to apply to, and well, you'll hear from the interview that it just teaches you so many skills, and it can, you know, it looks great if you're a young person. It's great on your CV. As I said, it gives you lots of skills, knowledge. Uh, it, it grounds you. And if you want to become a firefighter or go down any direction mm. of being within the fire, uh, what do you call it, fire industry, mm. it's such a great base. So let's hear from Lucy and Lucy. Mm. Right, um, I'm fortunate to speak to uh, Lucy. I've got two Lucys here actually. Lucy, the instructor of the cadets, and then Lucy, who's in her second year as a leading fire cadet. Right, uh, so tell us about today, tell us a little bit about yourselves, um, you know, what is the fire cadet, so we're kind of spreading the word around to the community, the difference that you're making, because the day that you've got going on here, 
is fantastic. I mean, it is like booming with buzzing people and children, adults and all sorts. Yep, we've got a great vibe here at Orpington Fire Station today. So as part of Fire Cadets, we support all the events in the local community. We run Fire Cadets out of Orpington Fire Station one evening a week. And Fire Cadets is for young people aged 13 to 17. It's a free course. Uh, it's open to all young people and we recruit over summertime, so now's the time to get your application in. It's free to apply as well. Um, you get a fantastic uniform, you come along to the fire station, work with the firefighters, learn all about the equipment, uh, you learn practical firefighting skills as well, you get to climb the ladders, squirt the water. Do you get to come down the pole as well? We don't unfortunately, oh, no. that's my one dream. <laughs> um, but we get to work with the community as well, which is fantastic. So my great granddad, he was a firefighter and he was telling me all these different stories about it and then um, I found a leaflet in my teacher's office about fire cadets and um, that's when I came and um, I, Lucy interviewed me and um, it's basically just like I want to become a firefighter and that is one of my biggest dreams and cadets was going to definitely help me with that. Everybody's nice here and you learn so much experience and it's really one of the greatest things you could possibly do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of our young people don't enjoy, you know, sort of mainstream school education, but they love to come here and do something practical um, that's away from the academic studies as well. Uh, you don't have to want to be a firefighter to come along. As you say, it's those great life skills as well. And a lot of my young people say it looks brilliant on their CV when they apply to college or for their first part-time job. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great point that you've made. But, you know, not everybody wants to go to university and go down that career line. Um, they may not have a strength academically, but they've got skills. Oh, look, the engine started at the fire engine. And this gives you that opportunity, gives you another avenue, doesn't it, Lindsay? Yeah, it's, yeah, it definitely opens up a lot of stuff for you and it's really just a really great opportunity. Are you looking to become a firefighter? Yes, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And are they, is it something that you go through each section, you have to cover everything, or is it a specific, um, I don't know, role that you're aiming for? Um, so obviously I'm a leading cadet and um, before that I was just a cadet and um, I'm hoping to go into my third year and um, it's, there's different ranks, how many ranks is there? There's, so you would be sub-officer yeah, next? Yeah, so next I'll be sub-officer and um, do that till I'm 18 and I can apply to become a firefighter, so yeah. Once you turn 18 with us as well? If you don't want to become a firefighter, we will support young people into going into other roles within the fire brigade as well. You can also volunteer as an adult to come and support fire cadets if you're interested in working with young people, if you're interested in joining you know, a new community. We're very social as well. And it's a really great opportunity to feel part of the community in Bromley and be involved with the fire service as well. Uh, some people join us because they have that interest in becoming a firefighter as well. So it's a great way of learning a little bit more about what the brigade does. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, in terms of what you do, Lucy the instructor, I'm going to call you Lucy the instructor. <laughs> that's fine. Um, are you a firefighter as well? Or no. Or just an instructor so, for cadets? So my role is fire cadet coordinator technically. So I am an employed member of London Fire Brigade. And my role, I run Bromley Fire Cadet Unit and I run two other boroughs as well. So the people on my team, we all look after three or four boroughs of fire cadets each within London. Great. And tell us a little bit about... 
today. I mean, how is this for you, having so many people here? Uh, adults, young people, children. We love an open day. We get involved in as many open days as we can. It's just one of the community events we're involved with. Uh, we like helping out with the firefighters as well. They really appreciate it. It's all hands to the pump on days like today. It's lovely talking to young people that have an interest in the brigade as well. And my fire cadets have now got all the knowledge and skills to be able to talk to the public and show them what's on the back of a fire engine and things like that. Brilliant, excellent. Have you actually had a chance, Lucy, uh, Lucy the leader of the fire cadet, to put on the equipment and feel what it's like? Yeah, um, so in one of our sessions, um, we had a chance to um, put on all the gear put on the, um, like all the headsets and all that to see what it all felt like and um, that really gave me an opportunity to see how like it all would feel and um, so yeah and sometimes we let the public um, sometimes get in it as well so they get a chance to feel like what we yeah so yeah we have had that hands-on yeah. experience yeah and if you would give anybody some advice about joining the five cadets yeah. what would that be um get comfortable because it is like one of the greatest things and um you learn so much and um just relax a bit and it's yeah one of the greatest things yeah well thank you so much i mean is there anything you want to add before you know i let you guys get back to all the fun no thank you so much for having us Brilliant. and if anyone would like to check out what we do we're on all social media channels at lfb fire cadets I've got a question for you, Z. Yeah. Um, I'm remembering London's Burning, a TV London's series which burning, was about the fire brigade. I don't think that was its theme tune, to be honest with you. Oh, and, uh, okay. it, it may have had some <laughs> sirens involved with Ninor Ninor. <laughs> but, yeah, from that, I remember vividly, or actually I'd like to remember even more vividly than I could recount them, but the fire uh, service officers in that, um, the whole lot... Um, they had their own jargon. So if they went out to a fire, that was called a shout. Um, and alongside jargon for various things, uh, they each had their own nickname as well. I remember Sick Note, who was a bit of a, a dark character some of the time. Mm. And they, they had various other nicknames, which I, I really can't recall now. But um, did you pick up on any fire people's nicknames? No, I didn't, unfortunately. I don't even know about this programme because I didn't grow up here mm. in the UK, so I missed out on a lot of those quirky programmes. It so was no, quite quirky, actually. Had I known, I would have asked them mm. if they've got nicknames. Yeah. Maybe well, next time when we go down. Well, to be fair, we do have um, another opportunity to talk to the... Uh, cadets in due course because we've been talking about it with them on Instagram mm. so provided they're not uh, sated with exposure um, then that will happen yes no definitely and Lucy the instructor she was like oh I know of you guys I know you know I've been following the Bromley bars and I've been wanting to get in touch with you so they are absolutely open to that brilliant well maybe we could should do um, you know our, our YouTube channel which we haven't used that much yet but do something from the fire station and get them on video that would be fantastic it and they'll indeed. definitely be up for that mm. because i think as i said you know it's a great exposure for young people who may be coming out of uh school or college and not showing knowing what to do with their 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 career line paths to give them some sort of direction to help them so i think that you know they'll be very open to that yeah i think actually that People who are in people in institutions 
that can connect with young people and give them exposure to things early, make them feel part of a team, all of that kind of thing. It's really important. And how important the community is. Mean, you know, we were talking to Gareth M. Bacon, MP for Orpington recently, and uh, if you listen back to that last interview, part of that was about the young people he takes up to Parliament and has working with yes, him briefly and writing submissions and things. Yeah. Absolutely. Very good. Cool. So, a few buzzes, as we said. Well, Darren started off with oh, no. the Aladdin. No, 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 no. 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 Uh, well, we haven't finished our interviews. Yes, we have. No, we haven't. We We've haven't got done Jerome. Jerome. We've got Jerome. Let's do Jerome. Oh, should we put Jerome now? Jer- Jerome's was, going oh. in this one as well as last week's. Yeah. No, 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 I know that. Oh, ah, okay. I was just going to leave him till a little bit towards the end. Give a gap. But, you okay, still, we'll still can if you want. We'll put, no, we'll put... Well, let's, let's listen to Jerome now. So I'm sitting here with Jerome, who's a firefighter here at the London Fire Brigade in Orpington. But he's going to be talking about the BSL side of it, so the sign language side of it. I'm not going to say any more. So, Jerome, tell us about yourself first. Yeah, so we've got a team, a BSL team, within the London Fire Brigade. It's, uh, there's five of us, and what we're doing is we're reaching out to the deaf community uh, and giving them fire safety advice, free smoke alarms, because obviously it's a community that's not been... Uh, it's not been involved so much. It feels like they've been left behind. Nobody's been sort of interacting with them. Now we've got a team that can, you know, who've learned BSL. We can reach out to the deaf community and um, we can communicate and just get our message across about fire safety. That's amazing because often when it comes to vulnerable people, they do kind of get left out, don't they? And this is a great sort of opportunity for the London Fire Brigade. Oh yeah, definitely. Brilliant. I mean, it's, you're right, it's, it's a communication barrier, that's what the problem is. And um, they feel like, obviously, if you haven't learnt the language, you know, they're not part of it. But now they're included into, you know, the fire safety uh, aspect of it. We've got, obviously, the police service as well, the ambulance, they're trying to sort of train some of their staff as well. But we're trying to get the death uh, awareness within our uh, organisation as well. So uh, we've met with Bexley Death Centre. They're training some of our firefighters with deaf awareness, basic BSL, uh, the awareness of courses that are out there. So it's, it's getting out there, so it's good. Great. Tell me a little bit about yourself, because we want to know about you. So how long have you been here um, working at the Orpington... You work at Orpington Station, right? No, I'm, uh, I'm at Lucian. You're at Lucian. Yeah. OK. Um, well, how long have you been a firefighter? I've been a firefighter for 18 years. Uh-huh. Um, really enjoy it. It's just another aspect of it, and I just... My children went to a uh, mainstream school. They were learning sign language. They came home and taught me. Uh, I decided to then go on a BSL course, and that's when I got more involved in the deaf community. Mm. Realised, actually, you know, they're not involved in so many things, which, I mean, fire safety is a big aspect. It is, yeah. You know, and why shouldn't they have the... It's amazing how many people actually don't know a lot about fire and the impact of it of course well it's it's uh, it's usually pushed to the back of their mind about smoke alarms and fire safety um and people don't really react until it's happened we're trying to stop that and sort of give mm. them the awareness so that they can <laughs> react before things like this happen you know bad situations and what makes you get up in the morning and come to work um every day is different <laughs> it's great um i'm really enjoying the uh, bsl side of it sort of getting the message across to deaf communities uh, and they're very appreciative that we're learning their language because it is their language uh, and actually communicating this to them, which is great. But yeah, that's, I do enjoy that and every day's different. And do you know what? I, I think it's 
absolutely amazing to see the community and the fire brigade um, working with each other actually by understanding what's going on because sometimes you often get isolated oh it's just the fire brigade you know they do their job but there's no involvement with the community times have changed drastically there's so much more value it, it is and what you've got to remember is we're here for the community yeah, um absolutely. we're not just fires you know uh, or fire awareness the community needs to know what we can give them you're much more than just firefighters oh yeah of course of course we, yeah yeah <laughs> over the years absolutely. more and more and more we've taken on more and more work but it, it's the community we serve so it's time to give back to the community really yeah. well you know thank you so much for the amazing work that you all do for the community and uh, for yourselves as well because you've got to give yourself a pat on the back for everything that you do yeah I think um, everybody... you don't do it necessarily do it for rewards do you no but... I think everybody that joins the fire brigade want want to be able to help people that's I think yeah. you speak to anybody in the brigade we're here we join because we want to help and give back to the community absolutely and um, that's what I do in my job as a mindset and well-being coach. I oh, want to give back. It's about helping people oh, and then giving back to the community where I can. So there we go. We've got lots of things and similarities Compliment. here. Yeah, brilliant. No, that's, that's really good, actually. I think we have some of those well-being teams in the brigade yes, as well. Yes, we do. So yeah, they've been I, talking about it when I was speaking to I Lucy. think it's getting uh, more and more awareness about mental health now. It's uh, quite a serious impact on people. And I think, yeah, they do need to do that in more and more organisations. But well done for you for doing that as well. Thank you. And... Uh, well done to you guys. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, no, and thank uh, you. enjoy the rest of the open day. Yes, we will do it. I can't believe our business is brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank Absolutely fantastic. And I think I've said fantastic about 100 times, but it is. It's amazing. It is. It's probably one of the biggest one I've, well-organised uh, mm. open days I've been to. So really good. Brilliant. Well, thank you. thank you. It's really interesting. You know what? I would love to learn BSL because when I was a teacher, I learned Makaton. Mm which is what they use within schools and it's it's kind of more simple um, sign language than BSL. I'd be very much up for learning how to sign language properly. There is actually a school, Derrick Wood um, School, Derrick Junior Wood and they've got the secondary and, mm. and the infants. They all use um, BSL in there. So they've got actual hired teaching assistants who are constantly there and all the teachers are learning sign language. That's a really good thing. And as a teaching and talking, they're doing movements, which is brilliant. Yeah, I've actually got a certificate in British Sign Language at the entry level. Um, unfortunately, I've now long since forgotten because I worked with somebody who was deaf and was a user of British Sign Language. So I, I was a bit rubbish at it, but I could still understand some of what he was saying that way and um, get some things across yeah. to him. But he was just happy I made the effort, um, which oh, yeah. was nice. I think it... it, it it's so wonderful because people do appreciate that. Mind you, you were in my attic earlier on, weren't you? And I should have actually shown you my Makaton books. Oh, okay. Yeah. Shall I show you one here right now? So I'm giving you a thumbs up. Yeah. And then I've done that. What have I done? I don't know. I'm happy. Calm down. <laughs> so I've then taken my mm. palm and I've got a fist on my other hand and I've put it on top almost like a cat. Mm. And that means good sitting. Oh, okay. Good sitting. And then you've got good morning, everybody. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm here doing some sign language. Then I've got thank you. And then please. And I always remember please to the knees. So you mm -hmm. take your hand from your mouth all the way down. And then this means toilet. Oh, okay. 
I, I'm just trying to remember a little bit of the, the sign language myself. And the, one bit I vaguely remember is uh, something like uh, A E I O U for the um, the letters on yes. one hand. Uh, and I'll probably fail a test on that now. But anyway. Yeah. Do you know what? I think I would love to go down to a day where Jerome is holding not an event but um, doing a talk or going into a home to um, educate the deaf or check their fire safety and how the BSL is used within that. It would be a really, really lovely experience well, right, for yeah. me, definitely. Let's do an episode of the Bromley Buzz with a signer. And uh, then we can put that on video. Yep. That can go on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. And that means that people can access that better. Uh, one good thing, of course, is because we've got a website and a blog and the social media, it all goes. it's readable. Yep. But things in the language you can see visually are important. Mm -hmm. Anyway, talking of important things, uh, you mentioned affirmation. I did mention affirmation, but I was going to go back to our Aladdin Buzzes, bit, yeah, okay. which you, would, you started the um, buzz with. Mm-hmm. So, yes, on the 16th of December, 6.30pm, is that right? Yes, yeah, 6.30pm, West Wickham, it's Theatre 62, uh, myself uh, and Mercedes Yearly of Quest Soul Theatre, we are holding a panto called Aladdin and really, really excited. So, actually, I had this in... It's been one of my to-do lists mm. that I've been wanting to do for a long, long, long time is to put on a panto and direct it and bring everyone together. And I thought, do you know what? We've been through so much as well over the last few years. And I thought, wouldn't it be great for business owners to take off their business hats and put on a different character hat and be in role and do a panto? And of course recently connected with Mercedes, I thought, well, she's an actor. She, it's right up a street. She does drama for well-being. What if we combine the two of our heads together and bring the London Borough of Bromley, Bromley Networkers Panto? Voila. And it has been born. And I'm really, really excited. You might even be actually starting a tradition off because if this one works, uh, I could see it happening every year easy now easy now it could let's just get this one through well, no, look, what's better than having fun <laughs> once it's having it twice and then three twice. times exactly keep keep on having it it's going to be a short one it's going to be about 45 minutes or so uh, not not more than an hour family friends children are all welcome and we've already sold about four tickets yeah, even isn't that incredible? It is, even even though the WhatsApp uh, between the actors and the directors and so on, which are kind of merged anyway, but uh, even the WhatsApp behind the scenes is funny, and I can confirm with all the uh, that, so, the language the language will be child friendly because my suggestion that we use lots of rude words has been vetoed. It has indeed. It's going to be. I didn't mean friendly. it honestly, um, but it's going to be lovely because. It's not going to be like a theatre style where we're all sitting in rows. I've got this idea we're going to have tables, we're going to have battery candles around, and as we act, we're going to be interacting with the audience. Children are going to be sat at the front on cushions. And of course, after, and there's a bar so you can buy some drinks. But also, 
there's going to be some mince pies and snacks after and of course if anybody would like to donate some snacks and mince pies then please do get in touch with me well, that would I'm, be great i'm going to do my best to overcome my worries about performing this way and connect to the part of myself that loves the musical return to forbidden planet which starts <laughs> off with you in the audience being part of a planetary trip a spacecraft that's about mm. to take off and the a cast as the various bridge crew come down into the audience and talk with yeah. you and you've got this captain who's like dan dare with a pipe in his hand and his red uniform on and his hair dryer oh, ray gun in his, at his hip coming down and speaking to you like this because i'm a true hero uh, that is actually not my role this time but i intend to keep my hat on that role for a lot longer <laughs> Well, it's going to be wonderful, so do come and see us all in a different light. Uh, it will be a lot of fun, and you know what? If we get the words wrong, we have a brain freeze or a fog brain, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be fun, and that's what it's all about. Bringing people together and having a good old laugh. Look behind you, Z. Behind me? Uh, panto tradition. I know. Yeah. Wasted, wasted here. <laughs> right, anyway, moving yes. on to my affirmations. Go on. Do you want to do your one? Yes, because I'm just going to make this up right now. I haven't yeah, even make it up right now. Go on. It. But we were talking, it's because of the fire brigade, actually. Um, not all fire is bad fire, uh, although I, I suspect the fire brigade would probably disagree with me on that mm. one. Um, but in our lives, um, and you as a well being and um, mindset coach would appreciate this. Um, things do turn up and uh, turn things into ashes and when those things happen if you're going to carry on um, you have little choice and you should take that as a good thing and not a bad thing so my affirmation is this uh, if you're going through hard times if the world is falling down about you if the things that you care about are going up in smoke remember the phoenix remember the animal that can be cast into ashes and build up and be turned back into something of glory with the right persistence. That's really beautiful. Very spontaneous. Yes. Well, you are a man of words. So it's easy for you. I, I love words. Yes, they're, they're, you do. They're magic. And do you know what, actually, that fits quite well into my affirmation that I had this week. Oh. Because uh, it reflects those aspects. And it is, I accept that life is full of curveballs. I trust myself to face the fears to overcome them by getting out of my comfort zone. So it kind of fits well with that. You rise up, keep going, even though you may be uncertain of where it might be, and you may feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and one of the satisfying things you can do, incidentally, sometimes you can throw the curveballs back. You can indeed. So your success when... One of the Home things, run! <laughs> one, of the, one of the things we as small business people face is sometimes we do very good work for people and I know other people in business who get this they're not paid so they've done the work and the other person turns around to them and says nope not paying I've not really had that myself actually other than one one client who ran out of money and another one that decided to go off and do an equivalent service and not pay me for my outstanding invoice which is dreadful behavior but nevertheless um, you know just being successful and um, rising above these things is lovely. It's being about successful within yourself, isn't it? So, yes. Right, a couple of other things um, that I had 
this weekend I went along to the Churchill Theatre with my sister and my niece and nephew and I took them to see dragons and mythical beasts mm. and it was completely different to what I imagined I thought it was more of a theatre production a bit like uh, The Wizard of Oz or something like that but it wasn't it was absolutely fantastic there was one guy who was the brave hero was trying to get all the the audience involved and it was brilliant because they were interacting with the audience getting the children excited mm. and the adults and taking children from the audience to participate in becoming heroes and searching for the treasure and the mythical creatures that they had were all puppets but mm. there were these huge massive massive controlled puppets where you had people moving their arms, their mm. legs, like the mechanics. If you've yep. seen War Horse, it was very much like that. Mm -hmm. Brilliant effects, brilliant beasts, mythical beasts, you know, the creativity of them, mm. uh, the lighting, the staging, it was absolutely fantastic. And the point is, it was quick, sharp, kept children engaged, wasn't too long, it was 45 minutes, which was bang on perfect. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was funny as well. Any sign of a phoenix, by the way? There was a... There wasn't a phoenix. There was a... Um, what's the other one? Uh, well, I can give you a couple of mythical beasts, just in case. Uh, griffin? It was a griffin. Ah, there you okay. go. <laughs> right, right first time, gracious. Because initially when it came out, I thought it was a phoenix. No, mm. it was a griffin. It was a griffin. Yeah, as also popularised by Harry Potter. Yes. Yeah. Definitely, really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. And mm -hmm. the kids loved it as well. I was a bit worried about my nephew not liking it as much, because he was also unwell, but he loved it as well. No, well, you went to Buddy Holly when you weren't feeling great and enjoyed that in the end as yes, well. Yes, I did. Yeah, that yeah. was great as well. Wonderful. So, yes, and then I went on Sunday to have a look, and I've already posted on Instagram... The Rugby Munchkins oh, Open yes. Day, the sports day, they had at uh, Westcombe Park. Really, really lovely. It, there was like so many groups. There must have been over like 20, 30 mm -hmm. groups of children spaced out across the field doing lots and lots of different activities uh, related to rugby. You know, throwing, catching, uh, what else have we got? Throwing, catching. Very gentle tackling. Probably. Tackling, rest, yeah tackling mm -hmm. gently, um, just developing their knowledge and skills and awareness, spatial mm. awareness, uh, throwing. I've already said throwing, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was such a lovely day. It was beautiful. The sun was out and there was lots of parents. Parents were getting involved as well with the coaches. And um, yeah, a really, really great thing to be seeing children get becoming interactive and enjoying themselves. You know what? We recorded our last episode in the... Um, Broughton room at Westcombe oh, Park. Oh yes, we did, didn't we? So if you want to want to hear some rugby uh, mentions, you can listen to that as well. But uh, when I was in the car park, I, I think after you left, um, no, it was before, it was before because you, you saw. I picked up this rugby ball, which is a training ball, and uh, I <laughs> I reconnected with my teenage self when I was uh, doing rugby union at school and kicked it, and it reminded me vividly of just how unpredictable the way that a rugby ball bounces is. Mm. Mm. Yes. God, it, you just saying that just reminded me when I was at, in secondary school, I did rugby. Wow. And, and then I had to leave um, rugby because everybody was growing around me, getting bigger and bigger. 
and I didn't seem to <laughs> have a growth spurt at all. But you could have been quite elusive. I mean, I was playing rugby. One of the hardest people to um, stop was a, a very small um, yeah. or un, ungrown at that stage um, lad. Uh, but you combined with being very uh, difficult to pick up because of size, but also you would flail with his arms as he went through. So it was really hard mm. to get hold of him, and you ended up being poked in the eye half the time. Gosh, no. No, I went on to play netball and actually played centre, which I loved. Became a team captain and um, played in the league. So there we go. I was school chess captain. <laughs> <laughs> very different. So yeah. your fingers are exercised very well in your brain. Mm. Yeah, no, I could never do chess. Uh, what else have I got? Oh, can I have some? Can I do some mentions about yeah. things coming up? So, for all the business owners out there in the London Borough of Bromley, time is running out. I'm not sure when this episode is going out. It might be a little bit too late, but uh, I'm just going to mention 8th of September, 12 noon is the break point where you can submit your applications for the awards, the Abbas Awards. That's a triple B. A-S-S. Well, I might put this out on Thursday if I can then, because that's at least about One 24 more day. hours before Yes, no, absolutely. Mm. And um, so, do, do you know, there's lots of um, categories that you can apply for. You can also go on there and nominate people that you believe should shine and deserve to be awarded with this Abbas Award. And thanks to Loretta, she's been putting this on, working really hard behind the scenes. She... There you have all the judges that are going to be judging the criterias for the applications. Uh, if you want to find out more information, go over to uh, lifeinmagazines.co.uk. Remember, the deadline is the 8th of September. Yeah, well, I'm not making any promises on when this one's going out, but um, what you can look forward to in any case, the actual event of the presentation uh, of the award winners, I believe, is in November. Uh, and uh, at so the keep a, yeah at the Warren in Hayes and keep an eye out to see who's actually won when it comes. Yeah, true. And like you said, you're not sure when you're going to pop this um, episode out, but uh, uh, this week I'm going to be um, speaking to Loretta. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that in this week, we'll put it in this week. If not, we'll pop it in next week. Just find out a little bit more about what she's been doing, how it's get all coming together. Yeah, I think next week. Um, she, she'll have calmed down by then. <laughs> <laughs> I know, she's panicking about the Aladdin panto. Yeah, I remember her saying before that she listened to the Bromley Buzz while ironing. I suspect her ironing might be faster than usual at the moment. Oh, and look, oh, she's also said, uh, by the way, that she's going yeah. to contribute loads of marzipan mince pies. I've never heard of marzipan mince pies. But anyway, I know we've kind of reverted back. But look, I am a good girl. I've printed my script. Excellent. Okay, Aladdin. Um, <laughs> I do actually remember who you are in it, but I'm not saying. Uh, but yeah, nice, nice looking script that. I think not we should. Um, no, I don't think we should. I think no? we should. I think we should continue to argue about it and mystify people. Mystify, mm. mystify. It, it's it's a really really good. In script. fact, in fact, as a PR, I think we should engage in a campaign of disinformation. Disinformation. So in which case, I'm going to claim to be wishy washy. Oh really? No. Even though I know I'm not. No, you're not wishy washy. That's very kind. That's a very nice thing to say, that I'm not a wishy-washy personality. You're not a wishy-washy person. You wash very well. Mm. <laughs> right, uh, what else have we got? Um, there was something else I wanted to mention. Yeah, but I'm being distracting. You it's are even, being distracting. even worse than interrupting. It is. And you know when we finished Aladdin, we'll have the sequel, Aladdin Out. Aladdin Out. 
Oh God, here we go. I think I've started something that I'm going to regret now. Mm. Now I'm really looking forward to it. So please, please do share Aladdin. Yeah, and we're, when we're going to do the um, next year, we'll do the unpleasant version of a panto, uh, Jack and the Meanstalk. You know what we could do? We could do an afternoon show. See, mm. I'm putting myself in for this now. An afternoon show that's kids friendly, and then an evening show for adults only. <laughs> Brilliant. Would love that. <laughs> uh, I know where I can borrow some props for that as well. Okay, right. I think we need to start to maybe buzzing down a little bit. Yes, true. We're getting very excited. I can see you're getting very hot and red. I'm not that bad. <laughs> Crikey. A bit of double entendre and I turn into Ray Chubby, Roy Chubby Brown. No. <laughs> the Bernard Manning of the buzz. Anyway, I'm you... I'm trying to think of the rudest I... comments in, uh, comics I can think of. They're can terrible. I just ask you, so I'm Go going on. to interrupt and I'm going to shift the conversation to... So you went off to Cambridge, but you stopped over to see some aeroplanes. Tell us a little bit about that, because that was lovely. Yeah, when I got to my parents in March in Cambridgeshire... Uh, I, when I can find the time, I stop off at the Imperial War Museum in Duxford. And uh, this time, I had a what I considered a bit as an aeroplane nerd, a complete honour, and that was the fact that on the tarmac, typically, there is an old flying boat. This time I got there, and the, it was actually with the engines running, and it was a little bit away from where it normally is. And I just thought it was probably... A, you know, run the engines through, make sure it's still working, and then repark it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No, it took off. And I took some video of it. In fact, yeah, it was beautiful. In fact, I will put that up on the Bromley Buzz Instagram if it, if it allows it. That sound is just so lovely. It's quite mm. soothing. It's like a white noise. Yeah. If you like white noises. Well, when I was in March as well, on, um, and about to leave, more or less, uh, a Spitfire went over. I'm sure it was a Spitfire. <gasps> I and, love And that Spitfires. has a very distinctive sound. Yes. Because we get, you know, we went to the um, Chelsea Village Fair that has the Spirit of Kent Spitfire mm -hmm. going over there. We're very lucky to be that associated. Oh, yeah, no. Mm. Especially with Biggin Hill up there as well. Yeah, go Bromley. Mm. Yes. There's a lot here. People don't realise how much Bromley has to offer. Right, really quickly, uh, I spotted something on the social. Uh, history was made yesterday when 16 people from... KRA Orpington and All Saints Church walked the Orpington Parish boundary in a ceremony known as Beating the Bounds. This activity involves swatting local landmarks with branches to maintain a shared mental map of key boundaries. Fun and memorable activities are performed and key points to help with building shared memories. We are not entirely sure when this was last performed in Orpington, but there is a record found from 1895 which you can see if you go to the um, Instagram, you can see it in the photographs. This event is believed to have been started by the Romans and was important before maps or phones were widely available. Five people completed the full 10-mile 10, 10 route and there was an enjoyable meal in the cricketers to celebrate afterwards. The event was for raising money for children's society. Brilliant, well done then. Yeah, mm. really beautiful. The photographs were really interesting. Yeah, I, was, I was just wandering off and thinking to myself, we're going to carry on traditions like that. Maybe we should go and dress up as Morris dancers. Yeah. Oh, do you know what? Sorry, um, while you were talking, I kind of flipped through. There was something I kind of wanted to mention, and it's not, it's not a buzz, unfortunately. It's a real sad thing. And I might actually put the audio clip in hmm. of my niece 
and you can hear my nephew talking about it. So we went along to the Bromley Park, which is just next to Churchill Theatre. Yeah. And <clears throat> we have a beautiful park there with a lovely area where there's a sandpit and then you've got the playground and all of that. Lovely squirrels, birds, swans and all of that. And then you've got this beautiful lake, the Open Amphitheatre, which yeah. hasn't been used for anything, which is really, really sad that it does not get used. But that's not the, the main thing. What I was shocked about was the fact that we came down there, and I'll show you the pictures. There you go, you can have a look at the pictures while I'm talking. Right. The pond was absolutely dried out. Mm. There was a little patch in that sort of pond of water where all the swans, birds, and ducklings mm. were kind of huddled together to try and get into that water. It stunk. Ugh. There was rubbish in there. Mm. It, it was horrendous. And, you know, my niece was having a heart attack. She was like, oh, my God, can we go to the supermarket and get some peas and give some food to the birds and, and the swans? Because when I came last time, it was full of water and they were happy. Now they look very sad. And she lives in Winchester and she's come here and she's noticed hmm. that. Sorry, I didn't mean to be a downer on it, but we have such beautiful green areas in Bromley. Something has to be done. Something has to be done. Well, it's I know so that in, in a lot of places, um, Idyverd and Friends of Parks do things together. Uh, and I don't know what Friends of Park there is for that one, but I hope they get more friendly. Yeah. Do you want anyway. to put the clip in, do you think? I think it's important. Yes, I know we buzz about things like that, but maybe this can create a buzz in a way of bringing people together or the council to realise that let's do something. Because this is where our children, our generation are playing. Let's make it a beautiful place for them to go, for a community to congregate, have a picnic, have fun, laugh. Right then, let's hear from your niece. What do you think of the pond from last time, guys? Absolutely full and everything was happy. And now it's not full, is it? No, only a quarter of it's full. And all the fish have, and all the fish have died, so the ducks can't eat. Right, now we need to buzz out in happy style, if we can manage we it. We are, let's just buzz with a little buzz, 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 buzz. I was thinking about Keep Young and Beautiful um, after having a niece on, but yeah. I, I don't know how that tune goes. Keep young and beautiful if you want to be loved. And Aww. it's goodbye from Darren Will of Intune PR and Zena Narani. Mindset and Wellbeing Coach. Zzz. Zzz. Zzz.